0: Good morning. Good to see everybody here this morning. My name is Andy Loman, a missionary to the Navajo Indian Reservation, and uh, we're excited to be here. This is my beautiful wife, Danielle. Uh, she's my best friend and partner in crime. Most of the time, and so uh, we're we're just glad to be here in North Carolina. A lot different, a little bit of, a little bit humid here compared to where we're from. My skin is just pouring out sweat everywhere, and I'm just like, man, this is weird. And uh, back in Colorado where we live, it is just so dry there all the time, and uh, we love it. And. Uh, well, on our on our way here, we hit 45 degrees on the way to the airport, and so we was we was pretty excited about that temperature, and then the shock of North Carolina. But uh, we've been out on the Navajo Indian Reservation for almost 12 years. We're in our in our 12th year, and we have uh, been uh, had the ability that God allowed us to pastor two different churches. Uh, where we're at right now is mexican water baptist church we went there about six years ago and there was a there was six people there when we started and god has just added to that and they're running a solid 40 now and people just getting saved on a continual basis and it's just been a blessing COVID hit us pretty hard On numbers and then we got down to about 20 uh, but it's starting to bounce back now and so we're we're excited about what God is doing there Uh, our hope and our dream is to turn that over to a native pastor and then go do it again somewhere else in the future and so we're we're excited you pray for us as we we seek a man and God provides that man so pray on that uh, aspect and then we do narrow path ministries and uh, a little bit of explanation about that uh, and that is a hunting ministry in the fall for pastors and laymen of churches, and we uh, provide information about Colorado, and we tailor make, make a hunt for them, whether they want to go do it solo, or if they want my help, or if they need uh, uh, information in the area, and so we were, we really enjoy doing that. Uh, last year, we was able to take six elk, two bear, and a few deer, and so we was we was excited to be able to do that for pastors and help them fulfill a dream that they've had their whole life and so that's a that's an amazing ministry but along with that uh, we take young men into the back country and we teach them how to how to fly fish how to camp in the back country and during that time we teach a biblical manhood if you're aware of our country there's never been a time where we need to teach men how to be men uh, as it is right now and so we're trying to rescue some of those souls from uh, wandering away from what god has called them to be uh, my wife has started a, a ladies event in the fall uh, she's going to do much the same thing she's te- teaching biblical nutrition uh, she has her nutrition's degree and she's taking ladies out into the backcountry and cam- uh, not camping she I better not say that um, but but hiking, hiking and and doing some things in Colorado in September. And so if you're interested in that, get with her and she would be uh, glad to tell you about that event. And so uh, it'll be a three three day event. And she's taking she's got some ladies signed up already. But if you're interested in hiking in the in Colorado and. Uh, Learning Biblical Nutrition, she's she's your gal. She's pretty amazing at it. And then we have a table set up back there, just some T-shirts and different things and some information about our ministry. love for you to stop by and talk to us after services, and that would be wonderful. Uh, I want to invite you to open your Bibles to the book of Acts. You'll have to forgive me this morning. I'm a bit nervous. I'm kind of like Joe Biden at a press conference. (laughs) (coughs) Just really don't. Don't know what to say or to expect, Uh, so uh, I want to read one text, uh, one verse, and then we'll have prayer, and then we'll get into the the message. Uh, Acts chapter 8, verse 35. Acts chapter 8, verse 35 says this, Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scriptures and preached unto him Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and your many blessings on our life. And Lord, I just thank you for the grace that you have poured out on our lives. And Lord, how you uh, sent your Son to die on the cross for us. And Lord, may we not ever get over that. May we not get past that. May we not lose focus on what a great sacrifice you've done for us and lord i love you and i thank you for this opportunity in this day and lord we just pray for those that are gathered here and lord that you might meet the needs of the hour and lord we love you in jesus name amen last year uh during elk season i had the ability to go into the san juan mountains and i was hunting uh just outside of durango And uh, I packed in about nine miles, and I was there on a a peak called Baldy, and I hunted there three days by myself solo. And on that third day, I seen some weather start to roll in, and the weather was uh, getting kind of nasty. This was at the last day of elk season uh, in late September, and, you know, in my mind, I was thinking, you know, man, I got to get out of here. I've got a long walk to get to where I need to go. And so it was, I gathered up my stuff around noon and I started that nine mile hike out of that area. And, uh, you know, the weather began to get worse and worse and worse. And that night it snowed on the mountains and it was our first snow and it was uh, really cold. And the peaks above me reached to 14,000 feet and I thought, man, that would have been bad if I would have stayed out there that night. Little did I know that um, just in the adjacent peak to my west, there was a young man named David Lund. And David, he was he's a trail runner, and he uh, likes to run trails in the mountains. And he drove up to um, what's called Madden Peak, and there he parked. He parked it right around... Uh, 10,000 feet, somewhere around there, ten, eleven thousand 11,000 feet, and he was going to do this loop that goes on top of the peaks of the mountains, and it was almost a 40-mile loop, and he had went Friday morning, and he had taken off, and uh, he got lost or hurt, no one really knows but after six days of searching, they sent out crews and people, and there was helicopters and dogs and people on horseback, and there was people up and down the mountain in that area. They never found David Lund. After six days, they went from a, a rescue mission to a recovery mission. As far as I have known, they have never found that young man. He was 20-something years old, 23, 24 years old. And I think about that and the great effort that was put in to find that young man. And I think, wow, it is so important that someone's physical life, that so many people go out searching. And it reminds me of the importance of the soul that we have within us. Uh, In the Bible, in Luke 15, uh, chapter uh, chapter 15, verses 4 through 7, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, do not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost until he find it. And when he had found it, he layeth on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he called together his friends and his neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you, likewise, joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over the ninety and nine just persons which needeth no repentance. Luke 10, 2 says this, Therefore I say unto you, the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into the harvest. Uh, friends, this morning as we sit here in uh, our, our the church and we're, we're having services, there are millions of people that are in this country that are lost and dying and on their way to a literal hell. I think the devil has done a fine job of getting us distracted on the importance of winning people to the Lord. Uh, the the devil wants us to to look at people in a different way nowadays, and you know after COVID people kind of shy away from each other, and then the 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 political temperature in our country we're like well let's just let's just stay away from all of that right, and the different things that's been promoted. Jesus says in John four thirty five say you not there are there are yet four months and then come at the harvest. behold I say unto you lift up your eyes look unto the fields for they are white unto harvest already it doesn't take a a very long examination of our school system of our houses of our homes of our country there's a lot of lost people amen there's a lot of people that need to hear not about the weather and not about the sports and not about the hunting they need to hear the message of Jesus Christ Last night, this room uh, was packed. I I was able to sit right here, and I was so excited when a man that was sitting right there got up and come to the altar and received Christ as his personal Savior. There's nothing better. There's nothing better than seeing somebody transform from a child of light to a uh, or from a child of darkness to a child of light. It is so exciting to see other people uh, uh, trust Christ. This summer, we was able to do Bible clubs, and uh, church came down from uh, Minnesota and uh, or Michigan, and they. They began to do Bible clubs in four different communities in our area. And 32 young Navajo men and young uh, boys and girls received Christ as their Savior. Man, I was excited about that. And and people getting saved and lives being changed. God is awesome and he wants people to get saved. In John uh, 4.35, as we read there, it it says, Say ye not there are four months and then the harvest. Behold, I say, lift up your eyes. You know, there has to be a particular looking for lost people. There has to be a, a great need. The, in, 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 uh, in our country today, uh, we find in Matthew 24 the prediction, and um, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Our country has become colder than it was about loving other people. Have, have you found in your life that it's a little bit more difficult to love those in our world today? I'd say yes for me. We go into different areas and you see different people and man, you're like, the, the lifestyle that they're living, the devil wants you to back away from them, but God wants you to go closer to them, amen, and share the message of Jesus with them. And uh, in Second Timothy three one through four, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, true uh, truce, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despiser of those that are good traitors and heady and high-minded, lover of pleasures more than lovers of God. That's our world that we live in, right? Y'all with me this morning? Y'all awake? And we need to do a great uh, business with God, and we need to, to really go out and win other people to the Lord. Can I ask you a question? When's the last time you actually sat down with somebody and opened the Bible with them And share of their need of salvation. I believe in lifestyle evangelism. I believe that your lifestyle ought to uh, uh, speak of Jesus Christ to the lost community. But I I don't think it should stop at lifestyle evangelism. I think it ought to be a confrontational evangelism where you take the Bible. Because Jesus said that the word of God will do the work of God. It is important. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. People need to hear the scriptures. And too often times we're shy and we say, well, they can see my attitude. No, they need to hear the scriptures, amen. And we need to take the Bible to them. You have a lost and dying world right here in Statesville, amen. That's true, and if it's true, we need to take the scriptures to them. In Acts chapter 8, we see a great example of this, and I want to turn your attention there just for the next few minutes. I told Matt, I I I won't preach very long, but you know, preachers lie. They often do, right? They say this is my last point three times. But this morning I just want us to see a couple things here. In the next few minutes, we find in Acts chapter uh, 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 8, we find that there's three men that's mentioned here. The sinner, the soul winner, and the Savior. The first person that I want to introduce you to is the sinner. In Acts chapter 8, verse 26, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south, the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose, and he went, and behold, notice this, a man. There's a man of Ethiopia And there's a few things that I want you to notice about this a man And uh, and we find that he was an important man in verse 27 It says there that he was a eunuch of great authority Under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians Who had charge of her treasurer And had come to Jerusalem for to worship There's three things we see in that verse And we find that he is a great man of authority So he had a position And this man was, uh, he had a position but not only had a position, but he had charge of the treasure. So he was a trusted man. So he not only had a position, but he was a trusted man. But notice the third thing, and I want you to really, we're going to park it here just for a minute. But he had come to Jerusalem for to worship. He was a religious man. This man of Ethiopia, he was not only an important man, he was a trusted man, but he was a man that was religious. Man, he was seeking to know something that was hungering and thirsting inside of him. He was a religious man. And you, uh, as, uh, as well as I know, man, when we came to, from uh, drove out from the hotel this morning, we passed a lot of churches. And we drive 90 miles from our house to the church, and I bet you we don't pass five churches in that 90 miles. But I bet you I passed 20 this morning. I mean, a pile of churches. But you know, most of those churches don't teach the truth about Jesus. They're more about religion than about the Jesus that we find in our scriptures. And I tell you what, we have a whole world that's religious, and they're dying and on their way to hell. Not only was this a religious man, notice in verse 28 we find that he was a Bible reading man, was returning and sitting in the chariot reading Isaiah the prophet. He was reading the scriptures, but he didn't know what he was reading. I find that uh, true in our world today. Our world knows about the Bible, but they don't know the God of the Bible. And not only was he a religious man, he was a god love man. Notice in verse 29, And Philip ran thither to him, and heard him read Isaiah, and he said, Understandest what thou readest. You know, the Spirit of God there in verse 29, uh, the Spirit said unto to Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. You know, God cared enough about this one Ethiopian that he took Philip and he said, I want you to go and to preach unto him Jesus. You know, maybe maybe there's a man in your life or a woman in your life that God wants you to leave your comfort zone and go tell them of the need of salvation in their life. They're seeking salvation. But not only was uh, this man an important man, a trusted man, a religious man, a Bible-reading man, a God-loved man, notice in verse 30, we find here, and Philip ran thither and heard him read prophet Isaiah and said unto him, Understand us, what thou readest? And he said, How can I, except some man should guide? We find that he is a lost man. This man that was a religious man, he was an important man, he was a Bible-reading man, he was lost hey folks there may be somebody in this room this morning that has come to this church for a long time and you might know the bible you might be religious you might come to church all the time you might have a great position you might have great finances in your life but you've never trusted christ as your personal savior there might be a man or a woman in here that needs to trust Christ as her personal Savior this morning. But not only a man, I want you to notice some man. Notice what the the eunuch said there in verse 31. How can I accept some man should guide me? The next thing we want to look at this morning is the soul winner or some man. Notice in verse 5 we find that the uh, eunuch, uh, chapter 8, verse 5, and Philip went down to Samaria. And preached unto them Christ, and the people with one accord gave heed unto those things uh, which uh, which Philip spake, hearing and seeing seeing of the miracles he did. We find that this soul winner was a busy man, and then we find in verse forty we find that after he had preached to the eunuch, he went and he uh, he went somewhere else, and in, uh, in verse forty in Atos, and passing through, and he preached. And so we find the soul winner is busy about what God has called him to do. Not only is he busy, in verse 26, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south the way that goeth down from Jerusalem to Gaza, which is is desert. And notice what he did in verse 27. He arose and he went. He was a listening man or a yielded man. And so we find that the soul winner was concerned and he was uh, busy about doing God's work, but he was listening to God's leadership and telling others about Jesus Christ. And I tell you, we should be really tender to the Holy Spirit. Have you ever, you ever had the Holy Spirit speak to you and say, hey, you need to go tell that person about Jesus Christ? And you said, oh, not today. Anyone else ever been there? You can take your halos and set them down off to the side. Because I've lived long enough. I know that my life and what I've done in my life, and maybe I'm just a sinner. I don't know. I, I am. But uh, uh, listen. Listen. A lot of times we are not listening to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit leads us and guides us and presses upon our heart the need of others and their need of salvation. We need to be tender and listening and yielded. I, I remember when uh, my wife and I were in Missouri when God called us to go to the Navajo Nation. And I was thinking, not me, <laughs> uh, moving from Missouri had a decent job as a managing of a, a, a manager of a machine shop and uh things were good a youth pastor and i was like nah I th- that's a desert place out there i mean y'all got trees here we don't have hardly any trees in arizona i tell you what where we're at is just barren and desert and i'm like i, I don't want to go out there i don't, I don't necessarily want to go out there but i tell you what when God burdened our heart and seen the great need, I'll never forget the first uh, VBS we was in and we conducted out there in a little town called Navajo, just a, uh, above Window Rock. We'd gathered about 120 kids up in that, uh, in that place and started preaching unto them Jesus, and uh, 13 of those young people got saved. And I tell you what, it just burdened our heart of the great need of salvation. But you know what? I don't think it's any different in this area. I think there's a lot of people that need to hear Jesus. See, see, there's a bunch of A-men and A-women that need some man and some woman to tell them about Jesus. You may be that A-man or that A-woman that needs to hear. And I want you to receive Christ as your personal Savior this morning. I don't want you to leave those double doors before you know of a certainty where you're going to spend eternity. It's so important. But maybe, maybe you're that some other man and that some other woman that needs to be out there telling others about Jesus Christ. Can I ask you a question in your mind? How many people do you think you know that are lost? If they were to die today, where would they spend eternity? Could you have that on your conscience? That you chose not to tell them about Jesus? That you chose to walk away from them and not share with them the greatest gift in your life? It's so important that we do that. The Bible says it's appointed and a man wants to die and after this is judgment. Notice he was not only a yielded man. Notice in verse 35 we find uh, that he was a Bible preaching man. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scriptures and preached unto him Jesus. He was a Bible preaching man. And he was not only a Bible-preaching man, he was a Jesus-preaching man. And that's so important that we understand that Jesus is the only way. He's the truth and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by him. We need to preach unto uh, others Jesus. But now I want you to notice the third uh, third person in this story. We find in verse 34, in the eunuch answered Philip and said I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet this of himself or of some other man hey there's a, a man and a woman out there that needs a some man and a some woman to tell him about this some other man this man named Jesus and uh, we find in verse 32 We find that he was a silent man in the place of the scriptures which is read. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter like a lamb dumb before the shears. So he opened not his mouth. Not only was he a a silent man, he was a sentenced man. In verse 33, in his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who shall declare his generation for his life was taken away. From the earth. And not only was he a sentenced man, he was a slaughtered man. In verse 32, we seen that uh, 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 he gave up his life and he was uh, like a shear before the dumb, uh, uh, lamb dumb before his shear, so he opened not his uh, mouth. And not only that, we find in verse 37 And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of, uh, of God. Not only is this man a slaughtered man, but he is a saving man. In Acts chapter 10, we find in verse 43, we find that um, Peter down there and he's preaching and he said this, he said to all the prophets, give him witness. Speaking of Jesus, and we see in the scriptures, we find that Moses said, "This is Jesus is the seed of woman. Joshua said, he's the captain of the Lord's host. Ruth said, he's my kinsman and redeemer. Samuel said, he's the despised and the rejected king. Solomon said, he's the lily of the valley and the rose of Sharon. Isaiah said, he is my suffering substitute. He was bruised for my transgression. He was wounded for my iniquity. And the chastisement of my peace is, was upon him. By his stripes are we healed. Jeremiah said he's the Lord of glory. Ezekiel said he's the Lord of the new Zion. Hosea said he's the lover who receives his own back. Jonah said he is the God of a second chance. Micah said he is from everlasting uh, to everlasting. Malachi said he's the son of righteousness who shall rise with healing in his wings. Matthew said he's the king of glory. Mark said he's the servant. Luke said he's the son of woman. John said he's the son of God. John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Peter said, He is the precious one who shed His precious blood to give me precious faith. God said, He is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. The worst day in history is when mankind took their God to a cross and hung Him on that cross, and crucified the very Son of God. That's called deicide. In mankind, they took Jesus Christ, and they would mock Him, and then they would run Him up the Villa della Rosa, and they would take Him, they'd put Him on that cross, and there they would cruelly mock Him and crucify Him. That's the worst day. That is the worst day in our world's history that mankind... Would kill the Son of God on a cruel cross. I want to tell you that the best day, the best day in the world history, is when the Son of God would lay down his life on the cross of Calvary and die for the world's sins. See, the best day and the worst day are the same day. Jesus died on a cross that we might have a home, that we might become the child, the children of God. Man, that's exciting that this some other man loves me enough to die on the cross of Calvary. Maybe there's a man or a woman in this room that has never met them, met Christ as their Savior. I'd love to be that some man that shares with you this some other man. Hey, maybe in your life, You're that some man or that some woman that needs to tell a man or a woman about this wonderful some other man. We've got a lost and dying world that we need to share the greatest hope that we have this morning. And that is a Jesus that loves us and cares for us and died for us and gave us a home in glory. Amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. We're going to turn the service over here in just a minute. Maybe you need to respond. Maybe maybe there's somebody that you need to come and you need to pray for. Maybe you're that A man or A woman that just needs to come and and accept Christ as your personal Savior. Whatever the need is this morning, please respond during this invitation in just a few minutes. Let's pray and then I'll turn the services over. Heavenly Father, we just ask that you'd work in this service.